Welcome into the Shy Guys Football Podcast. Before we begin, I'd like to take a moment for our salute to service. As a veteran of the United States military, it was my distinct privilege to have experienced some of the most incredible support from our civilian counterparts. From care packages while we were deployed, to programs that enable us to take care of and provide for our families with a stable foundation while we're away, and everything else that you can imagine, your support has truly been the difference. If you are looking for a way to support our troops or are someone who already has been, then I encourage you to consider some of the following nonprofit organizations. All of them make an incredible difference. Please visit thewoundedwarriorproject.com, the Navy Marine Corps Relief Society at nmcrs.org, the Special Operations Warrior Foundation at specialops.org, freedomservicedogs.org, and hopeforthewoundedwarriors.org. For those who need the help, they deserve it. Let's make sure we take care of our troops. Football fandom, welcome to the Shy Guys Football Podcast, your weekly source for fantasy news and advice. I'm Donnie Mack, and with me, as always, is Anthony Lucasen. Hey guys, welcome into our Week 3 rundown. We'll be recapping some of what we've seen in Week 3 and giving you guys some tips as well, getting you prepared for Week 4. Excellent. Well, I had a good Week 3. I was happy with my teams. How about you? Hi, Tess. Oh, we have, we have Tess. We have our own special guest. Making her first on-air appearance. <laughs> All right, come on, come on. Come on, Tess. All right. Um, yeah, no, I had an okay week three. You know, a um, little bit of a disappointing performances. You know, I put up the third high league points in a redraft, but I ended up losing to the league high team for the week. So, of course. you know, it's always kind of unfortunate when that happens, but you do what you got to do. Yeah. You know? All right. Well, in this week, we are going to be running down our week three studs and duds. We are going to go to the wire for our week four waiver wire picks. We're going to talk about some players to hold your horses on. We have a new segment for all of you daily fantasy players, so stay tuned for that. And then we'll round out with a little bit of hometown corner talking about our lovely Chicago Bears. But first, we are going to go to our news, notes, and injuries from around the league, and we have a ton of injury updates to get to, so we're going to be rapid-firing these a little bit. Stick with us. First off, we have Young Hui Ku with a groin strain, kicker out of Atlanta. Uh, doubtful, expected to miss some time. Uh, he played through the injury during the Bears game, and it's rare to say I'm upset losing a kicker, normally a spot that gets streamed, but he's been doing well for me, and I'm a little disappointed here. Yeah, he's been pretty solid. You know, I'm just actually impressed that you got the name right. That was really impressive. <laughs> yep, got it. It, it. it gets tricky, and we're going to give you a tricky one here in a minute. We have an update on Julio, and our update is still unclear. <laughs> Not much of an update, huh? Right. Still waiting on word for Julio. Keep an eye out for, and I'm going to try this, uh, you know, don't judge me. Olamidi Zacchaeus. I'm going to go with that. I think that one <laughs> might have been close. I have I have no idea. So this is the next man up in the receiver room for uh, the Falcons, and he actually looked good last Sunday. Uh, don't forget that we have Russell Gage with a head injury. Um, he's in the concussion protocol yep. right now. So I don't even think that he's been completely confirmed with a concussion at this point. So it could be one to two weeks. He could be back. Keep an eye on that uh, in the meantime. But if, if those two guys aren't ready to go, Zacchaeus will be the next man up, and he looks pretty good. Yep. Uh, we've got an update on Zach Moss with a toe injury. 
Uh, it's going to depend on Wednesday's practice, whether or not he suits up and is ready to play. Uh, we have John Brown with a calf injury. Uh, questionable. The update we got was it's a soft tissue injury, and it's concerning. That's all we've got to go on here. Uh, we've got Tariq Cohen with an ACL injury, and that's yeah, done that, bunny. That's it. Yeah. Um, we can throw the entire Broncos defense on this list because they got beat up. Uh, we've got uh, Philip Lindsay with a toe injury. Uh, coach says trending in the right direction, so that's good, looking good. Uh, Devontae Adams update is a small chance for this week, but keep an eye for updates because that's going to change. Michael Pittman could miss some time due to a lower leg injury. Well, sorry, is going to miss some time. Will miss some time. Yeah, yep. uh, went in for surgery for a, what was it again? He had uh, compartment leg syndrome, so they went in and gave him some surgery to kind of relieve that pressure. And so, he's yeah, he's going to be uh, out a week or two at least, um, probably a little bit more than that. Okay. We've got DJ Chark still undergoing testing as of Monday morning for chest and back injury. Uh, we've got Ruggs and Edwards. Uh, Gruden reports worried about both Ruggs with a hamstring, Edwards with an ankle. Mm -hmm. uh, we have Tyrod's lawsuit updates. Uh, Lynn saying not in a position to rule Taylor out for Sunday against the Bucks. I mean, that's good. He's trending in the right direction then. If they're looking at him to be a potential to play on Sunday, mm -hmm. that means he's got to be feeling much better. That's good. Yeah, most definitely. Another player trending in the right direction that you'll be happy about. Michael Thomas, the latest update is looked good in practice. Don't jinx me. Yep. Uh, as long as there's no setbacks on track for the weekend. So we're good there. Uh, we've got uh, Jamison Crowder expected to be a game time decision Thursday. And at least if you've got him, it's a Thursday game. So you've got some time to adapt. Um, Goddard will miss some time due to an ankle injury. Uh, we've got Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, Peterson reports will ramp up his activity in practice. So That's we'll good. see. The Eagles need him. Yep. Uh, 49ers, uh, pretty much all set to be evaluated Wednesday. Uh, Jordan Reed to the IR six to eight weeks with a sprained MCL. Uh, we've got Chris Carson listed as questionable first degree knee sprain. Uh, we've got Scotty Miller dealing with hip and groin injuries at the moment and hold off on him. Apparently, um, uh, we've got, uh, Chris Godwin, uh, MRI from Monday. It says likely out week four, possibly even week five. And we have A.J. Brown's update, a knee bruise that has been reportedly slow healing and hasn't responded very well to the treatment so far. Yeah, that's that's really concerning when we're talking about a knee here. Yeah, absolutely. The last, keep an eye on that. last bit of news we have for the week is we have our first reports of a team dealing with COVID issues, Tennessee Titans. They had a small outbreak uh, with some players and some staff. This is a rapidly developing story. We're recording on a Tuesday night. So this could change throughout the week as the tests come back. It's really up in the air at this point. This is the, the first major incident we're having to deal with in the season. Right now, as of today, the game is still scheduled as is. It might get moved to a Monday night game. Uh, or pending any further updates, might get adjusted to later in the season where the bye weeks happen to work out. We'll see. You're going to have to follow this one day by day. It has a lot of implications, not just for the Titans, um, but also coming up, uh, first coming off of and then coming up to. Yeah, I mean, they just got done playing the Vikings, so you're going to have to track them as well. Uh, them and uh, Houston, I think, is their next opponent. And so, you know, it, it's just kind of amazing that we made it through three weeks before we saw our first, you know, real COVID situation here. And so, 
We'll see how it plays out. Keep your eyes on it, track it, and make sure that you know what's going on with your players. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that'll do it for this week's news, notes, and injuries. Now we're going to move on to our week three studs and duds. And starting off with our quarterbacks, we have our king of the moment. Our king of the moment is our top fantasy performer of the week. And we start that off with Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, who played an excellent, just absolutely excellent game this week. Yeah, Going- Mahomes getting the crown. Yeah, 40 points. So 31 of 42 for 385 yards and four touchdowns. And also rushing four times for 26 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, he went off in this game. And, you know, this was the big Monday night showdown. And it was, you know, last year's MVP versus the Super Bowl MVP and Pat Mahomes. And Mahomes went out there and looked every bit as elite as he is. And this this kid's the real deal. And so I'm happy to crown this guy king of the moment coming off that big win. Yep. We have another familiar name on this list that we'll see a lot, I imagine. Uh, Russell Wilson, 36.8 points, also having a very – very big week, uh, 315 yards, 27 of 40. I mean, not bad all around. Don't forget the five TDs. Five TDs. That's that's huge. That adds up quick. Uh, another establishing regular on this list, we have Josh Stallion. <laughs> it's just fun to say it that way. Uh, we got Josh Allen, uh, 32.24 points, if you want to get that specific. Uh, 24 for 33 and 311 yards, um, four TDs. Um, four rushing attempts for eight yards and a TD. This completion percentage, right? That's seventy-one point one percent. Yeah, that's the big storyline of him this season. I want to say he finished right about fifty-eight point eight percent last season. And so, coming into this season, that was my big concern for Josh Allen. Um, I think you might have heard our podcast earlier uh, that that off-season uh, mini breakdown mm-hmm. that we did, that mini series. Uh, I came out and said that Josh Allen's, um accuracy could cause some it could be problematic it's i would really want to see this kid take another step forward but i was concerned that he was going to have a hard time getting his receivers the ball the stefan Diggs, the new weapon man he came out and said you don't know what you're talking about man 13 percent uh upgrade in the completion percentage and he is just lighting it up he's on a tear right now yeah absolutely uh moving down our quarterback list we also have dak prescott putting up an impressive 29.48 points with some big yardage, uh, 37 of 57 for 472 yards. Wow. Yeah, they're just they're slinging it all over the place in Dallas, man. I mean, with those receivers, can you really blame them? No, not at all. Um, and cracking our top five, we have Jared Goff, uh, 28.24 points, another big yardage day, 23 of 32 for 321 yards. Uh and also keeping one for a touchdown and then two touchdowns in the air. Um, excellent. Yeah, Goff, you know, his his Achilles heel traditionally has been top defenses on the road. Buffalo, this game was both, and Goff came out and just lit it up. Uh, I mean, granted, now this was mostly second-half production, and the, you know, the Rams were trailing big, and so they really had to uh, get some stuff done through the air. So Goff... But Goff did get it done, and so that's yeah. at least encouraging to see. So let's, we'll we'll keep our eye on that. But that could be a, a a trend that is is being broken currently. So we'll see. All right, and rounding out a couple other honorable mentions here, uh, we have Kyler Murray and Fitz Magic and Rogers with twenty four points. We have Brady Breeze and Wentz with twenty two. We have Captain Kirk and Joe Burrow with twenty. And for those of you counting, that's thirteen quarterbacks. 
north of 20 points. Yeah, this is why you don't take a QB early in the draft. Yeah, absolutely. All right, moving on to some of our stud running backs of the week, uh, starting off with Super Camario. Super Camario coming in with 38.2 points. You know, he had 6 for 58 on the ground, but through the air, 13 of 14 for 139 and 2. Uh, just excellent performance against Green Bay. He lit it up and lit up my team as well. Yeah, that Thanks. third quarter run. Oh, what? man, that was, no, that was Short gnarly pass, to watch. Short pass, 52 yards. I couldn't even be mad about that. I was like, that's just freaking impressive. Six, I counted six defenders that he either broke tackles from. He just made them look silly. around man. or jumped over. He got I mean, that star power he back. He got that star power back. <laughs> uh, coming up next, we have Rex Burkhead. Do we really have to do this? We <laughs> yes. have to go. Oh, yes, on. you do. All right. Credit where it's due. Yeah, credit where credit's due. Okay, fair, fair point. Uh, thirty-one point three points, six for forty-nine and two on the ground, seven receptions on ten targets for forty-nine and one through the air. I, this is why I hate New England. I mean, I lo- <laughs> I actually do like New England. They're they're one of my more favorite teams. But you know, for fantasy, this is why I stay away from them, man. Um, next up, we have James Robinson. At least this one's a feel good. Mm-hmm. You know, you like to see this guy perform well. Uh, 27.9 points on Thursday night. Uh, 11 carries for 46 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. And then another six receptions on six targets for 83 through the air. Man, those air yards. Right. Those receiving backs. Those those backs that get the air yardage out of the backfield, it just makes such a difference for your team. Yep. Um, King, Henry, King Henry returneth. Uh, 26 points for Derrick Henry this weekend. Uh, 26 carries for 119 yards, and you finally got the two TDs. Now, now we saw the script be flipped a little bit. Ryan Tannehill with no no pa- passing touchdowns, but Derrick Henry getting two on the ground. Uh, he also caught two for 11 yards on three targets. Awesome Eckler coming in with 25.8 points, 12 carries for 59 yards and one TD, and then 11 for 11 for 84 through the air. It's... <laughs> Eckler out of that backfield, man. That's just what he does. Just awesome to watch. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Delvin Cook coming in with 25. Nick Chubb with 23.5. And Connor with 23. Uh, Jeffrey Wilson, Davis, Henderson all near 20 points. And then Sony Michelle coming in with about 15. Uh, I wanted to bring that up because I am not buying that performance. Don't forget Damian Harris is coming back too. Yep, absolutely. All right, so talking about some of our stud wide receivers this week. Hot locket, 32.5 points, 9 for 13 for 100 yards, and three TDs. Yeah, but those three TDs, they came in the first half, so that almost kind of makes you disappointed in his second half performance, yeah. doesn't it? I, I kind of wanted to see him add another one or two just just for good measure, just to do it, <laughs> you know? Yep. We also have uh, Justin Jefferson coming up with 27 points. Man, he lit it up. Seven for nine, 175 yards and a touchdown. That is some yardage. Oh, I'll be targeting him hard. Oh, absolutely. Hard on the waiver wire. Uh, we've got Cedric Wilson, 25.2 points, five for seven Blip. for 172 yards. Uh, sorry, 107 yards and two touchdowns. I'm getting ahead of myself reading this. So, blip. You, we're talking just... Yeah, I mean, I think it's got to be, right? I mean, granted, in an offense that's going to throw that much on any given week, anything can happen, right? But you got Amari Cooper, you got Michael Gallup, who's who's really starting to come on lately and had a little bit of a slow start to the season. You got CeeDee Lamb behind him. You know, Blake Jarwin went down, but then Dalton Schultz has been performing great in the interim. They are trying to use Zeke out of the backfield. Now, I did see Zeke drop about like three passes out of the backfield almost in a row. I think two of them were in a row. It, you know, I don't know what's going on with that, but 
Cedric Wilson, you got to figure this guy being like the fifth, sixth guy in, tar- in you know, in in line to get targets here. It's got to be a blip. I'm not. I'm not going to be spending a ton of fab on this guy. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, we've also got Keenan Allen, Allen Lazard, Allen Robinson, and Michael Gallup, all with 23 points for the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, we've got one more name here. Yeah, go ahead and take your Cooper victory. Yep, lap. Cooper Cup, 21.29 for 10, 107 yards, and a touchdown. Nasty game. I'm yeah, happy with game. it. All right, Ryan, rounding out last but not least in our stud category, our tight ends for week three. Yeah, so there's not a lot to go around here. Uh, Jimmy Graham coming up with a big 20-point performance. Had six receptions on 10 targets for 60 yards, but two TDs. Graham already with three TDs through the season and through three games. You know, he's not the Jimmy Graham of old. He's more just the old Jimmy Graham at this point. But, you know, he's getting it done in the red zone for sure. And that's what they really brought him into. They, they brought him in to use him in the red zone. So mm-hmm. this this is something that I think that you can – you're you can play him and you're counting on the TDs. They're not going to come every week, but you know he's going to look like this most of the season. I would think, as long as he stay again, as long as he stays healthy. Yeah. Tyler Croft, the Tomb Raider, coming in with uh, 16.4 points, four receptions on five targets with Dawson Knox injured, had 24 yards but two TDs. Um, Eric Ebron, Tanyan, and Moelle Cox all with about 13 points. Travis Kelsey coming in with 11.7. Pretty pedestrian week for tight ends this week, but hey, at least it was a pedestrian all across the board, so nothing really hurt you. Right. Well, that'll do it for our week three studs, but now we get to talk about the duds. And leading us off in our dud quarterbacks of week three, Lamar Jackson. Now, 13.18 points, 15 for 28. 97 yards and a touchdown. Nine carries for 83 yards. Yeah, that's where he makes his money. But then we have two fumbles, one of which was lost. And that's really going to kill a lot of those point production you have early. That, yeah, that, that, hurt, that hurts this. your floor. When, you, yeah. when you're when you a high turnover quarterback like Lamar Jackson was in his first year or uh, Danny Dimes was last year, that's definitely going to hurt your floor a lot. Yep. Well, speaking of, Daniel Jones... 9.06 points. Not fantastic. 17 of 32. 17 of 32, but for 179 yards and one interception. Uh, and a fumble as well. Just, ouch. Yeah, issues holding on to the ball, man. A lot of turnovers in that game. Yep. Uh, and speaking of turnovers, we also have Gardner Minshew. 10.2 points. Uh, and this is where we're going to see 30 of 42 for 275 yards and an interception. Yeah, no TDs really heard of on that one. Yeah. Uh, also having a fumble here. Uh, I love your note down here. Minshew's magic mustache was not powerful enough to defeat Fitz Magic and his beard of wonder. I like that. Can we use that moving <laughs> forward? Can we keep that? Can we keep it, please? Yes, we can keep. Yeah, all that. That's all, that's all going to stay. I'll get you a T-shirt made with that. Oh, excellent. Uh, I want it. Yeah. And uh, finally, if you were banking on Cam Newton this week, Mm. Yeah, a bit mm. of a gut punch there. Yeah, most definitely. 12.18 points. Ugh. 17 for 28, 162 yards, touchdown. Um, but coming off of a week one and two of 25 and 35 point performances, this 12 is just not going to cut it. Yeah, and KC was pretty tough against Lamar, and that that's who they got next. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see if he can rebound there because they were tough they were tough on Lamar. Yeah. So that, that'll be interesting. All right, and the last thing we want to talk about, we got Baker at 14 points, which is not fantastic. And uh, 
against Washington, but I mean, at this point, we can confidently say this is relegated to a streamer, and that's yeah. It. I had I had some high hopes for him in this season. I had him just sneaking inside of my uh, QB one category going into the season with my preseason rankings, and you know, we said we'll give you to the Washington game to mm-hmm. to show us something, to kind of lean the, the tip the scales one way or the other. With fourteen points, it was pretty much like right in the middle for pedestrian. And at this point, I'm going to say, yeah, you know what? It, streamer point at this point yeah definitely yeah. all right our running back duds of week three i mean we can make a almost a blanket statement here by just calling out the giants backfield yeah we'll just go with the giants backfield here i mean uh gallman had the most fantasy points at 2.4 followed by lewis at 1.5 and Devonte freeman at a solid <laughs> one uh <so laughs> not a ton here that's it that, that had to hurt uh gallman got the the start in the early work they cycled through the backs with the limited play count time of possession was really the major factor here in limited action, Devontae Freeman did look like the best uh, by by far to me uh, of the three running backs back there. But it looks like it looks like they do want to trust Gallman. Uh, I, I think they're going to, once Devontae Freeman gets some time with the team, I think they're going to switch to him. Um, hey, man, I told you not to draft any Giants. The schedule yep. is real. Uh, Malcolm Brown coming in with 1.9 points. That's got a sting. Uh, seven carries for 19 yards, zero receptions on two targets on a day where Daryl Henderson put up 18.5 points. So this random merry-go-round, I'm going back to that. Uh, Malcolm Brown's yeah, just not getting it done right now. After the after a really strong week one performance, that now two down weeks for him. That's got to be discouraging. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Ingram, uh, he's got to be hurting you a little bit. Three points. Leonard Fournette, 3.2. Hopefully he didn't hurt you. Yeah, well, I mean, we did tell you. We did tell you last week, hold your horses. So... So if you listen to this show, he probably didn't hurt you. Right. Uh, you're not starting. You're not starting either of these guys if you don't have to right now. That Bucks backfield is it's just kind of a mess right mm-hmm. now. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure that they're going to feature just one guy. To be honest with you, um, Joshua Kelly coming with a disappointing, uh, disappointing after two solid weeks. It's, he's got a tough matchup next week in Tampa. So unfortunately, I think you just got to you got to keep him on your bench for now. I was really hoping to get that play out of him in week three, and he didn't show up for me. Uh, David Montgomery. It's impossible to trust Matt Nagy. Yep. You know, uh, the guys I really want to get to here, Joe Mixon and Josh Jacobs. Now, pedestrian finishes for these guys, nothing to be too upset about. 7.5 points for Joe Mixon, 7.8 for Josh Jacobs. You know, Mixon has Jacks- Jacksonville coming up. Jacobs has Buffalo. You know, what are you doing with these guys, right? Well, you're starting them. You're starting them if you have them, right? You have to. Right. And so with these guys, it's it's kind of it's kind of more about what are the buy buy low offers that you're getting as far as trade candidates? Because that's really the only way that you're going to be able to move on from these guys. Don't sell them outright. You know, I I might take a James Robinson or an Austin Eckler for Joe Mixon at this point, but for him, it's all about waiting for the line to develop enough chemistry together to give him a little bit of room. Just just a little bit is all he needs. And you know, defenses to start respecting Joe Burrow a little bit more as a passer. That'll that'll help out. That's going to be coming soon. But I just I don't know if I want to play that waiting game with Mixon this year. Mm-hmm. You know, he did hit halfway through last season. It took to the halfway point for that to happen. I don't know if I want to do that again this year. Yeah, it's 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 a difficult proposition to try and try and deal with. For sure. All right, on to our dud wide receivers of the week. Uh, leading us off, we have Deshaun Jackson, two point one. With very little production, two of four for eleven yards. Yeah, with all the injuries stacked up here, you really thought Deshaun Djax was going to have 
a fantastic day against Cincy, and he just kind of disappeared. But, again, he's kind of one of those NOS players, and that's what they do. They're either going to have everything or pretty much nothing. Yeah. Um, now on to Hollywood. Hollywood Brown, uh, disappointing so far. 2.3 points this week, 2 of 6 for 13. Now in week 1, 12.6 points. In week 2, 6.7. The next two matchups coming up are favorable, but so were the last two. Yeah, you know, um, with Hollywood, I don't know where you're going to... you got to be disappointed with him at this point, but you got to hold him. you got to mm-hmm. hold him. If someone's still willing to pay a decent price uh, tag for Hollywood Brown, I might actually take it at this point. Yeah. Well, after a 21.9-point week, you got roster-bombed by Julian Edelman's performance this week. 3.2 points. Oof. Two of six for 23 yards. Yeah, you know, I was watching this New England game, and New England's almost impossible to predict as far as where the production's going to go. And the thing I kind of took away from this Sunday's game is it just, they're always going to spread the ball around. Everyone's always going to get their chance to shine. So in in this kind of offense, it's kind of take your, I think you almost have to take your pick on the player talent. Find a player that you believe has the talent to succeed in limited touches and then in a pinch you can maybe roll with that but that's about all I would trust New England for and for me on this uh, New England team I mean Julian Edelman he's more of a volume play mm-hmm. for me he, he's always he's only ever good when he gets a ton of volume and so since I don't want to predict volume with this offense uh, Nikhil Harry Nikhil Harry is actually the one I'm interested in, in uh, as a piece out of here yeah uh, we've also got on our list AJ Green 6.1 points Five for six for 36 yards. Now, we had a 7.6 week one, a 4.4 week two. I mean, are you worried with A.J. Green at this point? Yeah, yeah, you know, coming off this offseason, the big question was, is he back or not? And so with the injuries, is it how, he hasn't really played in like a year and a half, right? And so when healthy prior to that, he's a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. But bar, like, mm-hmm. absolutely, he's a freak. But... We didn't really know what to expect, and so you got a pretty good discount on A.J. Green, but we were really expecting big things as long as he stays healthy. We're not getting the production here. I don't think that you can drop him, but coming up on the schedule, he's got Jacksonville, Baltimore, Indianapolis, Cleveland, Tennessee, and then a bye. Not a particularly great schedule and some and some pretty tough ones mixed in there, and and don't forget that he's the one, so he's always going to get the top corner for all these teams. Man, it's just it makes it tough, especially yeah. with all the targets. You know, you got Higgins coming in now. You got Boyd. Boyd with what thirteen targets last week? That's rough. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Green's gonna have to sit on your bench until he starts to get on a roll. Yeah, most definitely. And rounding out our week three duds, we have our tight ends and Goddard with the ankle injury. Yeah, only managing one point two points. It you know, or I think that was. Uh, Late first quarter, early second quarter injury. So, yeah, he was out early on that one. Some people were predicting him to outscore Zach Ertz in that game. Uh, Darren the Walrus only managing 1.9 against this New England defense that you knew was going to key on him because you have to take away Darren Waller if you want to beat the Raiders. Mm-hmm. And it's Belichick. Come on, he knows this. <laughs> yeah. They were effective at it. Yep. Um, you know, Mark Andrews ha- had a bummer, 2.7 points, three receptions on eight targets for 22 yards and one fumble. My wife, he was very upset at this one. <laughs> uh, to me, he seemed a little hobbled. He seemed hobbled to me. He didn't look comfortable out there. He looked like he was hurting a little bit. And 
you know, going back, I was I've been watching Mark Andrews since he was a rookie, and every time that he's even just a little banged up, he plays different. He doesn't play nearly as effective. He he doesn't haul in catches that he he makes more he can make miraculous plays. He doesn't do that if he's clearly banged up, and he he looked a little bit uh, out there on uh, on Monday night. Mm-hmm. Evan Ingram coming in with three, 3.7 points. Logan Thomas with 5.1. You know, with poor quarterback performance. You know, what are you going to do? Uh, the last part I have is we're not exactly thrilled with O.J. Howard, Hayden Hurst, Tyler Higby, Noah Fant, T.J. Hawkinson, Hunter Henry, and Mike Kosicki all around the seven-point mark. These were all the big streamer tight ends, kind of the you know the the breakout candidates yeah. coming in for this year. I mean, OJ Howard not so much okay, but he's one of the top t- tight end talents in the league. It's more about his situation though with Bruce Arians, but none of them really getting it done this week. Unfortunate, um, really unfortunate. But you know you got a lot of weird situations going all over in the NFL. You got new quarterback in LA with Hunter Henry. You got you know. Noah Fant's got that in- that issue going on with Drew Locke is out, so they had Jeff Driscoll, but then he got benched in the mm-hmm. third quarter. Just stuff going on all over the place here. Yeah, well, that will do it for your week three studs and duds for fantasy football. But now we look ahead to week four as we go to the wire and talk about some potential waiver wire pickups that you can have going into week four. And starting off with our QBs, these are some streamer options that we've got. Um, and what... Give me, give me some stream options we've got in quarterback. Well, they really only have one. And so what I'm going to say is if you're streaming, you better hope that you can get Burrow against Jacksonville, Goff against the Giants, Minshew against Cincy with an angry mustache, or Captain Kirk against Houston. <laughs> those guys might not even be on the wire. Mm-hmm. And so if, if you missed out on one of those guys earlier on from uh, and just kind of held on to him from an earlier part of the season, then – Looks like Brett Ripien is going to be your best option going against the New York Jets. <laughs> Good luck. Happy hunting. Yeah. All right. Uh, talking about some running backs, and I'm going to make you talk about a name I know you don't want to talk about, but, I mean, Rex Burkhead. Or, or Jeff Wilson. Yeah, I mean, I'll talk about them both here. So we'll, we'll, we'll start with Burkhead. I mean, I'm going to say if, if you're in a deep league, sure, take a shot. It, it's, it's a deep league, right? Um at least for the immediate future, you know, before Damian Harris really comes back, you know, uh, James White is should be back soon. You know, uh, prayers and thoughts for James White and his family and their, you know, unfortunate circumstances. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, every player in New England is going to get their opportunities. And so it's really about who do you think is going to make the most out of their limited touches. Rex Burkett is not my pick in that, mm-hmm. in that backfield. Jeff Wilson, Jr., uh, with, you know, McKinnon Hurt, Coleman still out. If most of it misses any time, Jeff Wilson is going to be a smash play. You know, watching him, uh, he looks fast, man. Yeah, not not particularly impressive to me, but just freaky fast and good enough to get the job done for sure. And an offense that is great at opening up the running lanes so that the you know the most or the Jeff Wilson, the Ayuk, and they can just take off mm-hmm. and take it to the house on any given play. That's that's their game plan, and Jeff Wilson can definitely get that done. Uh, and then lastly, Philip Lindsay coming. In. Might be coming back from injury soon. Uh, he might be on the wire. You know, with that, with everything going on in Denver, it's kind of hard to trust anybody. But, you know, Philip Lindsay is a talent. And if he is on the wire right now, he might be coming off that injury. Go take a peek, Ski, see if you can snag him up for cheap. Okay. Well, some wide receiver targets to look at for this week. Justin Jefferson coming off 27 points, 7 of 9 for 175 and a touchdown with 
Houston up next. Yeah, I'm all over Justin. Just, Justin, he's my number one. Uh, Justin Jefferson is my number one waiver claim yeah. for the week for wide receiver for sure. Probably period. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give you another name here too. Uh, also coming off a big week, Cedric Wilson. 25.2 points. Oh, God, please don't. No? No. Okay. No, 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 <laughs> no. Uh, you know, Gallup, Lamb, uh, you know, a Cooper. And it, Dalton, if you really want to be, you know, saucy, go in with Dalton Schultz, you know, a stream of, stream of from a tight end. At least that's not going to hurt you too bad. But Cedric Wilson, I mean, you can take the shot and put him on your roster. Maybe there's an injury that happens. He's an injury or two away from really being it. Now, he could do nothing over the next I don't care however many weeks. And if there's an injury or two that happened in that wide receiver core, then I'm looking at Cedric Wilson. Okay. Uh, how about Brandon Ayuk? Ayukin. Ayukin. Uh, yeah, 18.6 points on uh, four four receptions on four targets for 95 and one, adding 31 and one on the ground. He balled out for yeah. sure. We we called him as an early season, hey, due to opportunity, you know, uh, injuries, he might get the opportunity early in San Francisco, and he's definitely got the talent for it. Definitely got to keep your eye on. Definitely got to keep got to keep your eye on now. If you can't get Justin Jefferson, I think Ayuk would be a great ad. Okay. Well, let me ask you this one: Are you interested in McColl Hardman's six targets? I mean, only thirty over the previous two. No. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm definitely if you're if you're wide receiver needy, if you took some injuries or you're in a deeper league, you know, McColl Hardman. You know, yeah, sure. He had six targets this week, only 39 snap percentage. But last week, he was on the field for 66% of snaps, and so they they clearly want him involved. And he's a he's a one big play kind of guy on the Chiefs' offense. Kind of what's been his why people have been wanting to trust this guy for a while. It's looking like we're at the beginning part that now we're we're starting to see that maybe we can. I'd still like to see him string together some performances before I really heavily target him. But yeah, sure, you can definitely give him give him an early stash now if you if you have the room for sure. Yeah, we got another name that may have been dumped by a few teams in a few leagues. Anthony Miller. Yeah, you know he he's very probably worth a roster spot. Uh, snap percentage. <laughs> very like, probably. You know, snap percentages have been bothering everyone. He's been hovering around 50%, and that's why a lot of people, you know, after the goose the week prior, um, a lot of people just don't want to deal with it because you don't really know when you can predict that he's going to get you get you the points. He does blow up and get you double digits pretty easily, but the fact of the matter is, is you don't know when he's going to goose you and when he's going to just blow up. And so with those snap percentages, we'd like to see that closer to the 70 80% range. But the problem is, is that – He's really the only target next to A Rob. Yeah. You know, or Jimmy Graham if you're in the in the red zone. So Okay. Uh and then rounding out some of our waiver wire picks, uh, we have another stream position with our tight ends. Yeah, uh Cox, Gigantor going three for three for fifty yards and one T D, twelve point five points. You know, thirteen point six last week. The Bears do have small linebackers. This yeah. guy is Gigantor, just right over the Yao Ming them. <laughs> Why not? Uh you know, Jordan Akins, you can stream him against Minnesota, and then I, th- I think Dalton Schultz this week uh, with the, at home against Cleveland with that with their pass rush and you know those corners there. I think that the big guy open in the middle will probably be a, a frequent target for Dak Prescott. He's been seeing a lot of targets already. I like Schultz. I like Schultz a lot. You know, I liked Jarwin, and I'm still angry with Schultz because all I see is Jarwin when I watch him play. But you know, he's been doing great. Yeah. So kudos. Well, there you go, football fandom. You've got some names to target going into week four. If you need to pick up a few spots, if you need to hit your waiver wire, or if you've got some positions to stream, 
But right now, we would like to go over some players that you may want to hold your horses on. These are the players that maybe had a big week that was a one-off, or maybe you don't want to get rid of them just yet. And we're going to start off with the number one name on this list, T. Higgins. Yeah, so I have T. Higgins as one of my hold hold your horses candidates here. Uh, you know, 18.5 points, that's great. 81% snap percentage last week, that's great. Nine targets, fantastic. Yep. Caught five of them for 40 yards, two TDs. Great performance, you mm-hmm. know, all around. Uh, Hyper talented receiver. I'm not really kind of hating on T. Higgins. I'm more saying that, you know, so many miles to feed in Cincy. Burrow hasn't really found his rhythm yet. They did bench John Ross in lieu of Higgins. I, I want to say Ross was even a healthy scratch. And so that's encouraging, but he, I would say he's definitely someone to keep an eye on. But there are a ton of solid candidates that I would even take over T. Higgins at this point on the wire. You know, Justin Jefferson being one of them. Ayuk, I would take over uh, Higgins right now. Just a little risky to be selling the farm. And, you know, bet the farm and bet your fab on this guy. It's it's just a little risky yet. Yeah, definitely. Well, we've got uh, a player coming off of a 22.5-point week in Carson Wentz. Yeah, you know... Um, I like that he looked aggressive and energized in this one. It kind of he kind of reminded me of the pre-injury Wentz here, especially when he was tucking it down and running. It almost seems like he got fed up with that pass rush and just said, "Screw it, I'm gonna do it myself." I'd like to see him keep that up. But good luck against San Francisco, Pittsburgh, and Baltimore in the next three weeks. And don't forget that in weeks one and two, he only put up 14 points. So it's 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 pretty hard to trust Carson Wentz and that Eagles offense right now. Yep. Uh. I'm I'm not going to make you go and talk about Rex Burkhead here. Thank God. Yep. Um, but you do have another name, another couple of names, actually, that you want to talk about. So I'll let you bring those up. Yeah. You know, I mean, I could point to Andy Isabella and Randall Cobb and say, here, here's your mirage you can stay away from. Or even Cedric Wilson, right? I feel... <laughs> Uh, I'm going to assume that you have a brain and that you can identify that, right? I'm going to go ahead and talk about Hunter Renfro and Greg Ward instead. These are guys that have both flashed in years past. Obviously, Hunter Renfro last year only, but uh, Greg Ward has been around for just a little bit. You know, they both flashed in previous seasons. You know, everyone's kind of hoping for these guys to be the dark horse candidates that kind of take their step up and have a more consistent and prominent role. Uh, The problem is, is their situations. And so with both teams having erratic quarterback play, they spread the, the team spread the ball around a ton too. It, it's it's kind of hard to bank on them for any kind of floor. You know, both teams have difficult matchups coming up in the next weeks. Ward with uh, San Francisco and Pittsburgh coming up. Renfro with Baltimore. I'm sorry, uh, Buffalo, Buffalo and Kansas City, and then the bye. You know, right now I'd be more concerned about these guys being roster bombs. You know, if you you could probably put your, them in your lineup in a pinch, but. To be honest with you, I'm pretty concerned that they're going to be solid dud candidates for you. You know, yeah. I don't want them dudding out on your lineup. So yeah. watch out for those guys. Well, there you go. You got your stable of all your horses to hang on to for this week. That was good. Yeah, uh, like, we like got. That. <laughs> Thanks. I just thought of that as we're closing <laughs> up here. Um, all right, so we've got a new segment coming up for you. Um, this is a very unique segment for a small subset of players, but we do think it's important. Uh, it, we call it our DFS Smash Player Smash Plays a segment for those of you who are daily fantasy players. And why don't you tell us a little about about what this is going to involve? Yeah, if you're in any kind of uh, if you're involved in any kind of DFS platforms like you know FanDuel or DraftKings, basically, uh, or even if you're not, this is still really relevant information for you because we're basically talking about 
uh, boom bust plays here. Uh, we're looking for players with a, a really good percentage chance at booming for their relative value for the week. And so for DFS, what that means is basically what you're doing is you're building your own fantasy football lineup every week from scratch. You can pick whatever players you want. You're not drafting or anything like that. What they do is they give you a budget and then they a lot players certain values based on their projections for the week and so you have this budget to build your team obviously they don't give you enough to just stack your team full of superstars so you have to look for some of those outside the box you know low probability players that could just blow up and you know win your week for you type of thing so the first name i'm going to bring up is lamar jackson because his salary price may have actually taken a hit check for that on your platform with his matchup against the team who shall not be named with chase young injured i expect him to have kind of a bounce back game here otherwise gardner Minshew against cincy it's a great play uh dalvin cook against houston daryl henderson against the new york giants I do like Brian Hill against the Packers as kind of a dark horse candidate. If you're looking to save some money at uh, at the save some some save some of your budget at the running back position, uh, Michael Thomas or Devonte Adams are my obvious smash plays if they're a go uh, for a dark horse shot. I like Lazard against Atlanta with or without Adams, and I like Jerry Judy this week against the Jets. He's 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 a kind of a ticking tie bomb just waiting to go off. I think he's been nursing a, a little bit of an injury, so uh, keep abreast of that. Uh, for tight end, I like Mark Andrews as my smash play. I like him to have a bounce back game against Washington as well. Uh, Dalton Schultz is my dark horse. I'm I'm all over dark Dalton Schultz everywhere at this point. Well, there you go, football fandom. Some DFS smash plays of the week. Just keep in mind it's your money on the line. It's your money to play with, and we will not reimburse you if anything doesn't turn out the way we said it will. But we're also not taking a cut for our free advice. Right. So there you go. Right. So it's it's free win, advice. Use it for what win, you want. Win. Yeah, exactly. All right. So we're we're getting to the point of our show where we like to have our little hometown corner and talk about our heart attack inducing Chicago Bears and the way their season has been going. But uh, before we do, I feel it's important, being the shy guys, that we take a moment to talk about a very important Bears player uh, who passed away this past week, uh, Gail Sayers. Now, for those of you too young to know about the influence of Gale Sayers, uh, what, whatever we could talk about here is not going to do the man justice. I highly recommend you take the time to read about what type of person he was, not just on the field, but off the field. Uh, tremendously amazing person uh, in the community. He is definitely going to be missed. So, Gale Sayers. Yeah, the world lost a titan. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, with that said, let's head down into our hometown corner. And, Anthony, give it to us this week. All right, so for my breaking down the Bears segment here, um, in case of emergency, break glass indeed. Uh, well, that's exactly what they did in benching Mitchell Trubisky in the third quarter last week, naming Foles the starter moving forward. It makes sense at this point, but it's it's hard not to get butterflies in the tummy looking at some of those throws that Foles had there on Sunday. Uh, granted the three touchdowns in the fourth quarter, you know, it probably could have had two more on top of that. Mm -hmm. You had the Anthony Miller drop and then the A-Rob, uh, play overturn controversial play. I mean, it, it looked like a pick to me. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's it, unless you want to count A-Rob landing on the guy's legs as him down, you know, that's pretty much a pick. The guy took it away. And so as a Bears fan right now, I don't think that you can feel confident after the way these wins have come <laughs> about. But the nice part is in those three wins, they're staying on the record. Yep. Those wins are not going away. And so, you know, we'll see if the team can any can get any kind of energy started and rhythm going with Nag Matt Nagy really trying to uh, achieve that spark that he wants. Uh, 
it feels like he's just been kind of waiting for a time that he can justify going to the guy that he thinks can run his offense the way that he wants it run, regardless of talent. At, at this point, I can understand his frustration. Mitchell just hasn't mastered that offense. He he doesn't. He's not able to run it the way Foles is, and I can see why Nagy would want someone who can just run it the way he wants it run. Right. Well, we'll see if this if it looks any better. Right. I I don't think that Foles is going to come in and be a savior here. That's that's a key point to understand. He's going to have his downsides too. So we'll see how long the Chicago public can maintain patience <laughs> with Foles. Uh, hopefully a little bit longer than they did with Trubisky. Uh, the key to beating this Colts team coming up is going to be getting Monty going early and often. Really selling the play action. Remember, Foles isn't as mobile, and so he's going to be looking for those quick targets to get the ball out. All righty. And, uh, you know, I, I said this after week one when it comes to the Bears. I said they can't be – consistently trying to win these games in the fourth quarter it's not going to work out for them in the long term and well three games in they're kind of proving me wrong yeah i mean luck is definitely on their side which is kind of nice to see as a chicago fan because we don't we don't get much of that around here yeah well with that we will bring a close to week three we want to thank you all for watching the shy guys football podcast if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can leave a comment down below on our YouTube channel. And don't forget to like and subscribe. And we'd love to hear you hear from you about some of your big wins and losses. Any questions you may have, you can also tweet at us at shyguysfootball or shoot us an email, shyguysfootball at gmail.com. Best of luck on all your waiver wire picks and your trades going into week four. Until then, we'll see you next time.